Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ms. Brooke Dino. Hi, Brooke. Hi, everyone. Or sorry, what did I say last week? Whatever I said last week, you really liked. So I'll say hello, hi, Vincent, s- and hello to you, our listeners. There it is. There it is. We'll have to. You'll have to get that down the way I got this intro down after 140 <laughs> some odd episodes. By the way, fun fact: in case we ever have a trivia night for the show, first time I ever used that intro, episode six. Huh. There you go. Well, there you go. So, I will practice this. I'll practice this week, and the next week it'll it'll just it'll just come roll right out of you. Tongue. Just come right out of you, but um, yeah, I, I have, I'm so excited because last week I, there was a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, after we had our little opening conversation where I told everyone that I, um, I had stumbled into a huge problem with my copper etching jewelry process, and um, Emily Joyce and I figured it out. A hundred percent figured it out. A hundred, hundred, hundred percent figured it out. Turns out the toner in my printer fuses at a much hotter temperature than the HP toner does. And that's why the transfer paper didn't work, which is why my stuff wasn't transferring onto the copper. It was that simple. Bam. So I got myself and a, yeah. The, the, the finished product looks awesome. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah, I got the I got the <laughs> same printer that Emily has, and I printed out some transfers, and they work. But she sent me transfers that she made for me with that printer because she she said you're doing everything right; it should work. And I used the transfers, and it worked. And I sat there um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, hand cutting copper jewelry for a client, and I finished it Saturday night. It was done. Now I'm just waiting for the spray I use to keep it from oxidizing. Because um, mm-hmm. they just got back in stock with it. So I'm waiting for that to arrive. It should be here this week. And I am golden. Everything worked. I am so happy That's right awesome. now. It's much quick, a much quicker project than the cornhole boards. Which were delivered on Thursday. <laughs> That's and awesome. The clients were super duper 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 happy. And it just made my it made my life basically. I love it when you deliver something and the reaction is good. So um about you, what'd you do this week? Huh, well, it's, we, we've just been planing down lumber, like day in, day out. We've been planing lumber. It's not the most uh, like creative work, I would say, but we're prepping to do another slab sale. Um, so if any of the listeners are relatively local to us, we are just outside Boston, Massachusetts. Um, dates TBD. It's going to be sometime uh, at the end of May or early June. We're going to be doing a big slab sale. It's all local, reclaimed lumber from massachusetts um yeah that's what we've been doing and then i finished that dress that i was doing i did i did a laser cut i did a laser cut dress oh thanks i love making clothes so much um it was i had found old upholstery fabric in an old home it was like at least 60 years old and i was able to laser cut it into a dress for myself which was fun and i finally finished that this weekend it it looked so so good. The, it was it flowed way better. This is the recut skirt now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, flowed had, so nicely. The lines are so much better. For for the listeners, I had sent Vincent like a first draft of it <laughs> that was not finished yet, but final yeah. draft I was happy with. Yeah, looked good. So, what was the result of your poll? Because you put on Instagram, you put a poll, essentially oh. a hot or not thing, and do people want more clothes content from yeah. Brooke? 
they said yes, but like I still don't buy it because like everyone that <laughs> but that might just be me because it's like everyone's of course gonna be like, wow, it looks so good, like whatever. No one's gonna swipe and be like, no, mm-hmm. you stink. I don't want to see what you have to what you have to make. They're just gonna unfollow. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I, don't know. I, th- I I was one of the people that voted fire because I I. <laughs> I like seeing people do things that I don't normally do, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to our guest this evening, who is comfortably ensconced, the first guest we've ever had, who's actually in bed while we're talking to him. Yeah. Um, Our guest, so Brooke and I, this is a person that Brooke and I actually both met in person, which is a rarity. We don't usually have people that we both have met in person on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Rarely do we ever have anyone that we've actually met in person on the show, but He's a sign maker. He's a he's a jack of all trades who basically dares you in your in the order form on his website to challenge him. And he says he'll probably do anything. And it's, of course, the one and only Derek from Malden. Hi, Derek. <laughs> what an introduction. Wow. <laughs> I am in bed. I am in bed. That is a true story. I, I, I sincerely wish we had video going right now for the listeners because Derek is easily the most comfortable looking guest we've ever had. Yeah. 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 In my nice, easy bed. But I warned you guys, I may doze off. So if I start snoring, just give me a little a little yelp or something. You know? if, if you start snoring, we'll let it run for just a little bit so that yeah, we, can, yeah, we yeah. can play it out and, and then we'll then we'll jolt you back. The beautiful part of the beautiful part of doing it all in post is I can add like that little tinkly lullaby music to the oh, background. Yeah, yeah, so it'll yeah. be completely appropriate. It'll be awesome. Yep. <laughs> I tell you, it's funny. You guys, you mentioned Emily. I tell you, I've been watching Emily for a while. I was just talking about her on our podcast. And, um, you know, she's just amazing to, to watch the things she makes. I love watching her stuff. I have a small kiln. I just got a bigger one from uh, Even Heat Kilns, and um, I haven't used it yet, but she sent me a bunch of books because I had some enamel and stuff I had bought at a flea market, and she got so excited when she had seen it. And I want to try it, but it's just like everything else in life. I just don't have the time to do it, you know? And then onto the sewing, I have four sewing machines at my house, and I too love sewing. And, um, you know, Patty, she, uh, Patty Brooklyn, she wasn't able to go to Make a Central this year, but you know she's always great with sewing, and I'd love to be do more sewing as well. But I, I had no idea that you sewed. Derek. Oh yeah, I'd like to sew. Yeah, yeah. I I'm from the age that when I'm 53, and when I went to school, you had to take sewing classes. You know, so I took sewing in school. You know, I think it was like it was like middle school, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. You had to take sewing, and uh, you had to take cooking, sewing, and um, you know, they had sheet metal work, woodworking, stuff like that, stuff they don't do nowadays. But I enjoyed it, you know. And then um, as I got a little older, and then actually when I started um, following people on Instagram, believe it or not, the person that got me really excited about leatherworking and so on was uh, ZH Fabrication, Zach Herbaholtz, who was just stuck in England, by the way, because I of Corona. Oh, the poor bastard. I know. I but, saw that on the story and my heart sank for him. Oh, my God. I felt so bad for him. We got to the airport, me and Jimmy, and uh, we we bumped into Tim Sway, and he's all masked up. And we're like, oh, I thought you didn't have to wear masks and because they just stopped the mask mandate. He goes, oh, I'm afraid to get COVID. 
and we're like, he goes, if you test positive, you can't come back. Me and Jimmy just look at each other. We're like, we didn't know that. And um, <laughs> the whole time, that's all I kept thinking about. And of course, we go there and everybody wants to meet Jimmy and you know, shake our hand from the show and get a picture. So I'm like terrified, you know, but poor Zach, he tested positive. He was supposed to leave the day before us. And um, we thought they were going to drop the mandate on Monday, but they didn't. And uh, I just felt so bad for him because, you know, he wasn't obviously planning on staying longer. His wife went home. He got stuck there. And it's just, you know, it's expensive. He had to keep testing. And it's it just a pain in the neck. I don't even know if he's still there. I don't even know when he got home. But I knew like Thursday he was still there, you know. But um, the poor guy. But he, um, back to his sewing, he had made a nice pocketbook. <laughs> He had made like a, a couple of wallets, leather wallets and a pocketbook and everything. And I was like, wow, I think I could do that, you know? And I said, let me try it. And then, you know, uh, leather works like one of those things. You don't need many tools, but as soon as you start it, you like buy every tool, you know? And mm -hmm. then it's like, I had to get a sewing machine and, you know, one thing leads to another, but no, I, I enjoy sewing. I don't do it much, like I said, but I do enjoy it, you know? I am fully convinced that the first person who can show me how to thread the bobbin on my sewing machine yeah. will actually be my hero because I've had so many times, like I just made these cornhole boards. And one of the things I really would have loved to have been able to do is make the the bean bags for them. Yeah. And it would have just been such a cool thing to find fabric I could sublimate on and put oh. their pictures or their logo or something on the bags and I couldn't do it. So huh. um, next time, just FaceTime me. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody says that, but Brooke, I'm going to tell you, it looks really complicated. <laughs> it's, so, go ahead. Go ahead. Brooke. I was going to ask. So, so, Derek, you learned in school. Yeah. I, in your opinion, is sewing harder or easier than, say, like woodworking or metalworking? Uh, harder. Okay, because that's I always say that to people. Yeah. Sewing is hard. Yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's um, not easy at all. The, there's a there's a really cool guy to watch on Instagram and YouTube, Alexander Dyer. He's like, you know, if you know, I know the men out there in air quotes say, you know, they don't want to sew. He <laughs> does like really cool manly sewing things. Really. Um, what's What's the name of the page? Alexander Dyer. Okay. And, oh, Dyer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. D y e r. And he does some really nice stuff and he like buys and sells machines and stuff like that. And, um, he does really, really nice stuff, but it was funny. I was messaging him. I was having the toughest time with one of my sh machines, getting the tension right. And he goes, you know, Derek, I love watching your content, but he goes like the struggles you have with the CNC when you get it, this is that struggle. He goes, it's not plug and play you need to learn how to use a sewing machine mm -hmm. and it's so true it's just like you know it looks easy when you watch somebody who knows how to sew because they know right. how to sew you know it's just like when they watch you do something you think you know oh anybody can do this it's just one of those things but it is it's not easy at all to sew you know you have to you have to thread the machine but then also when you're assembling say i just recently made a dress um when you're assembling a dress uh, when you're looking at it, it seems like, oh, it doesn't really matter which piece you sew when. If you sew one piece in the wrong order, you need to seam rip your entire thing and re-put it together. So it's not as, I, I don't think it's as forgiving per se as like woodworking or metalworking. And there's a lot more attention to detail that's necessary. Yeah. You, it, well, um, it's funny you said that. So over at Make a Central, they had somebody there was sewing little bags mm -hmm. and Patty was sewing them up in, um, 
at Maker Camp last year. I think it was Maker Camp. It was something up there at the Blackthorn. And I had done one. And I'm more like a, a sewing hack. I just kind of do what I got to do. down and dirty. I do what I got to do to get it done, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not much technique going on. And I couldn't believe the amount of steps, like you said, in the proper order to sew a pouch. Mm-hmm. But when you follow them, they come out perfect. And it was funny. We went out to lunch and Jocko hit um, sewing a pouch over there. And he sits down and he says, I can't believe how many steps it takes to sew this thing. And you have to do it in the right order. And it is. It's amazing. You think, oh, it's just a zipper, a couple sides, a bottom. It's so much work. I think with the soft stuff, like leather, fabric, all that stuff, I think order of operations is even more important than woodworking. Because you can't can't really take it apart and do it over the way you can with other stuff. You can, but then you you wreck your fabric. I would actually say, too, like leather, you have the benefit that uh, the ends don't fray. So I really love working with leather because it's really, it's relatively more forgiving versus like I was working with um, antique or vintage. I don't even know where the distinguish dis- this distinction is, but like I was working with wool upholstery fabric. Um, the lasers, I was laser cutting it, which is nice. Cause it kind of like cauterizes the ends, which keep it from fraying a bit, yeah. but because it was older fabric, it was quite brittle. So if you make a mistake, every mistake you make, it just slowly eats at the ends of your piece. And it looks like you made a mistake more and more and more Yeah. versus like with metal, you know, you can always just like buff it out and, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hit, it with, it. hit it with the angle grinder. The uh, was it the angle uh, angle grinder and paint make me the welder I ain't. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So. so, so Derek, I have a question for you. Yes. You kind of talked about how you when you grew up. Did uh, first things first. Did you grow up in Malden no. or in this area? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Somerville, and an old okay. friend actually said that to me today. He goes, "You're Derek from Malden, but you're actually from Somerville." I said, don't tell my secret, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, it's all, it's all basically Boston. Um, yeah. But, but as growing up or like, you know, I don't even know how young you would have been when you first started making, like, what was your first encounter with, you know, using your hands to make things? Okay. So, um, and what got you inspired? Real young. I mean, I was like, you know, back way back um my father nobody in my family made things my father you know didn't even you know how to use a screwdriver you know um he he was good at like fixing our car because he needed to do that but other than that he didn't know how to do anything like that and um i was always interested in stuff how things were made how things worked i always took things apart as a kid and um always enjoyed that type stuff but when i was probably about 12 or 13 years old um i was playing i was just telling the story recently on our podcast i was playing hockey and it was getting real expensive i played ice hockey and my father said if you want to keep playing you're gonna have to work a little bit to make some money my father's an old school italian and um he introduced me to this guy that did woodworking he was a contractor and i'd work at this guy's sites and help him just local in town and i loved it and every day after school, I'd go over there on weekends. And the guy was like, oh, you don't have to come all the time. And I just loved it. And so I w- ended up working with this guy every school vacation, my whole summer, all the time. When I was probably about 12 or 13. And when I was about 18 or 19, I built a house with the guy. And then he retired. He he became wow. a school teacher. 
and my life was ruined, you know, and then uh, <laughs> I went and took a temporary job with the job I still have today, 34 years later. But um, I just never lost that love for like making things and doing things. And uh, I always did more like bigger type stuff. I've always I had my builder's license. So even when I worked a regular job, I always did side work just to make extra money and stuff. I always built decks um, you know, things like that, remodel bathrooms on my own house. I'd do that type stuff. But as I got older, that stuff just was getting to be too big and heavy, you know, and I kind of was going back into just making things, but I always just loved making stuff. When I was like 15 years old, I made a boat, but I never finished it because I couldn't figure out how to fiberglass it, you know, and back then, you know, they didn't have Google. You couldn't just Google it. You know, you'd have to take a class or know somebody that knew how to do auto body or something like that. And it just sat there until eventually my parents threw it out in the trash, I'm assuming, you know, <laughs> but um, tragic. But yeah, I've always liked making stuff. I, I was just trying to look. I remember on a camping trip as a young kid. I carved an arrow and I was probably about eight or nine years old and I know I have it somewhere and I can't imagine where it is. And I was looking for it just a couple of weeks ago because I kind of wanted to put it up on my shelf, but I can't find it. And I know it's not thrown out. It's somewhere, but I've just always liked making stuff. And and now boy. the stuff you make is, you seem to be more of the, um, I want to I don't trying to come up with the right word because I never mm -hmm. know the right word to categorize people, yeah. so to speak. But yeah. your stuff is very artsy now. Like, yeah. like yeah. very um, artistically inclined. It's very precise. It's very like, yeah. there's no, like I'm, you're not usually people that go from making big stuff to smaller stuff kind yeah. of attack the smaller stuff, like with bare hands. Yeah. And yeah. you seem to have a delicate touch for making things very Did precise and very clean and very nice yeah. looking. Yeah. I'm very, um, very particular with things, very like OCD. I like things very neat and straight. Uh -huh. you, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at my shop because it's just like a mess. <laughs> it's just so much stuff jammed in there. But any little thing that's not right just always bothers me. And that's why, you know, people always laugh about when I make signs over and stuff like that. But it just bothers me. And I rather lose like a ton of money than just be aggravated by it. You know, it just, um, it, it just things like that. I don't know, you know, what it what it is with my brain the way it works you know it just i i just before this i was on etsy and uh i had sold something and the guy, order came through and it they ordered two things but the guy only bought one and only charged him for one but it keeps giving you a notification saying you have one that you need to ship mm -hmm. i literally just paid for shipping for an item that didn't get shipped just so it would stop showing up <laughs> on my thing because i didn't like the email coming through you know from etsy it's just crazy, but this is why this is why you and I clicked because I have actually uninstalled apps because the notifications got too annoying. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not just because weird. I didn't need the app. I just use it on my computer. I'll use it on my computer. I don't want notifications when I see those red dots on my home screen. I get like, ah, you, no, I can't. Do Do you want me to just destroy both of you guys? I'm the yeah. opposite. I'm the person whose email inbox has the like the um like red notification next to it that says like uh -huh. 5,322 oh, yeah, unread emails. Yeah, no, I, it, just, it drives me crazy. <laughs> like everything needs to be just, you know, perfect. That's my inbox too. <laughs> and it's because yeah. I have to do something with them before I can archive them. Yeah, just, yeah. That's yeah. just it's how just, I am. I, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I get it. I mean, I guess I get it, you know, but that translates, right? It translates over to your work. Yeah. I was, yeah. I, have, I have a moderately related question. Yeah. Is, um, is the birdhouse video that you had done, is that still like the most viewed one on your YouTube channel? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Because, because I actually, <laughs> I actually think that that build perfectly like encompasses yeah. What you're explaining right now. It's not even, by the way, it's not even the, just that it's the most viewed. Yeah. It's like the most viewed. Yeah. Like it's five, we're at 544,000 yeah, views it's, for it's, this one video. It's funny how that happened. That video, so I'm 53. So three years ago, a little bit more than three years ago, that video, I posted it. And um, Paul Pinto and Chris Zepp came, is, funny my wife had planned a trip to italy with her mother like a year prior not thinking she was going to be gone on my 50th birthday so for like the whole year i just gave her a hard time i was going to spend my 50th birthday alone <laughs> and then as it got closer it kind of got to like bother me you know yeah. and paul and chris felt bad so they came to stay with me for the weekend you know so they said they'd hang out with me for my 50th so we went out to dinner and i was just like you know, a crazy thing. I was like, one of my videos just got like a thousand views in a week, you know, which my videos usually get like 400 views. And Chris looked at it. He goes, I think this is going to get like a hundred thousand views. I'm like, dude, don't be an ass. You know, he's just <laughs> trying to like be a good friend, you know? He goes, no, it's just weird. Look at the graph, like how it's going. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. So all of a sudden we're sitting there and it went from a thousand to five thousand to ten thousand to fifteen thousand, like in a couple hours. I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. So the next day, I call him, and I'm like, it's at like forty five thousand views, and he's like, get out of here. So I had gone up to Jimmy's, I think it was. I didn't have phone service. I think it was up at Jimmy's, and I get a text from my son. He goes, congrats on on a hundred k. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, your birdhouse video. I'm like, what? I look at it, it had over a hundred thousand wow. views. Oh yeah, know what it was? We went to England. That's what it was. <laughs> and while I was at Make a Central with those guys, it got up to like two hundred and twenty-five thousand views in like three days. And I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. And then it just stopped. It stayed <laughs> that way for like a whole year. And then literally at the same time the next year. So my birthday's in April. So it must be like the spring. People must have looked like birdhouses up or something. And oh. it got like a, another like half, like quarter million views like the, the next April. And then that's it. This April didn't do anything. Wow. But yeah, it was funny. It was on my 50th birthday. Like that took off. It's a and nice it birthday present. It. Yeah, it was nice. It was funny. <laughs> Derek from Malden makes a mean birdhouse. Where yeah. is the birdhouse? That birdhouse. So it's funny. It was that, that was actually two birdhouses. Okay. And it, my mother-in-laws have him. My my wife's parents are divorced and both are remarried, so I have two sets of in-laws. And uh, we gave both my mother-in-laws it. And it started a little bit of a fight, not a fight, a friendly fight, I should say, between them because I you know, told them both, oh, I love you so much, I'll give you this. And then the other one found out the other one had one and they're identical. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was your favorite, you know? But uh, so there's two. But since then I've built, I, I'm actually going to build another one this week, but um, I've built probably like 10 of them since then. I've, I've built, a, yeah, about 10. So, do you, I know you do, I know you do commission work. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I always know is a, 
is kind of this hard balancing act for people that do commission work versus people that make stuff for the fun of it or f- as mm-hmm. content creators. And it's something I go through. So I relate to this. So I'm just wondering how you deal with it. Um, how do you find time to make stuff that you just want to make for yourself? Or do you bother trying to find time to make stuff that you just want to make? Or is it just like, eh, commission's there, turn that into content and call that a day? Like, how do you approach that kind of stuff? It goes by who pays. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm at the end of the list and family's at the end of the list. Like my wife's <laughs> been waiting for things for the longest time. My daughter, uh, you know, she's been waiting for a long time. And unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. If people pay, they get they get first dibs. Even I just literally sent a letter to somebody. I won't say who, but um, somebody who sent me something that I promised I would make something I was making for myself. And I told them I'd be making it next month because they had to wait. And uh, it's just because the, nobody was paying for the thing that I needed to make. And um you know, so it has to wait. But yeah, that's just the way it goes. You know, um, you know, people always say, oh, you make so many signs, you're a sign maker. It's like, no, most people just want that. Like, I'll make anything, but that, you know, pays the most that. And I do a lot of stuff like um, I was just making a lot. I don't show it because it's boring, but uh, bow ties for like tables, you know, like the big walnut bow ties. I do that for a, a couple now, table companies. And, um, you know, but it's just, you know, nobody wants to watch bow ties being made on the CNC, but that's the type of stuff I like to do. I've been doing a lot of, um, laser engraving for a buddy of mine, his, uh, trays, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, nobody cares about seeing that type of stuff because it's just repetitive, but that's the stuff I like. Cause that, that's what pays, you know, it, it's, isn't it bonkers that we're talking about lasers and CNCs? Like, yeah, everybody's seen that already. And I, I you know, you go back 10 years and say that, and everybody yeah. be like, wait, you have a laser in your shop? Yeah. Wow. I, I remember the first time I had seen one. I remember, and you know, Jimmy talks about this all the time because I remember he got a 3D printer and he's like, oh, I'd never use it. And then he was using it all the time. And, you know, then he got a CNC and stuff. And then I was like, wow, I could never imagine having one of those. And then it's like, I've had three CNCs, you know, I got two lasers, you know, I just got that other thing I'm not going to mention yet, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just <laughs> amazing. Like the things I look at and it's funny because a lot of people think like, I know how to use these things and people reach out to me and I'm like, I have no idea. Like I've, you know, I know the bare minimum to get myself through. And, you know, Brooke, you know, I've talked to Mike about it when I've had issues and, you know, and unfortunately that's, I need to change that because I need to know how to actually use these things, you know? Yeah. But I will say, you know, we have tons of different machines going on and between Michael and myself, we can usually handle most things, but even still we, we run into things daily sometimes where we're just like, oh, well. (laughs) got to figure that thing out. problems aren't linear problems aren't linear though i mean that's the thing like you you know everything everything that you know how to do like let's even something simple like the glowforge right the glowforge is probably the simplest laser you can get and yet everything with the glowforge is a variable everything Mm -hmm. the 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 height of the the height of the material the material itself that all the settings, every setting is an individual variable. I mean, you, you start multiplying them out. You have 
millions of possible combinations well, of things that could fail on its face. Yeah. And, and when we first started the makerspace, perhaps naively, one of the things that we realized really hard and fast was like your dishwasher breaks and you don't feel like dealing with it. You can just call the dishwasher repairman and be like, cool, I'm going to pay you to worry about this. I probably yeah. could figure it out, but I don't feel like it. There's, <laughs> there's no repair person for the yeah. CNC machine there's or anything your, like that. There's your friend who knows some stuff and you better hope that they can help. Otherwise, yeah. you're you're on the rocks for no, a couple of days until you get it going again. You bribe your friends with pizza and are like, let's all sit and stare at this till we figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> why I, I always say thank God for smart people because it is. It's so difficult, you know, and it's funny you would say that because I'm having a little issue. I'll just tell you about later, but it's, um, you know, it is, it's so aggravating, you know, when you do have an issue with these things because they don't always work. Right. And, you know, things just don't, you know, I had an issue with my CNC the other day that I called Jimmy and I complained to him. And I'm like, I'm not looking for an answer because I know you don't know why it's doing this, but it was the craziest thing. I was making those bow ties and I cut about four boards and like on the fifth one, the bit broke. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. I'm like, <sighs> maybe it was just dull and it was its time. It just couldn't take it, but it was the same type wood. It was fairly new, but it broke. So I put a new bit in. I had one bit left it was a quarter inch end mill. And this one was real long though. So I put it way up in the collet and I tightened it. And all of a sudden it's cutting. It starts making this god awful noise. And I shut it off. I'm like, wow, what is going on? And it cut the the boards I cut are an inch and a half thick, but I only cut into them like a little over an inch. It cut through the board. It was on the second pass. It cut through the board. It was white oak. And it was cutting into my bed. The bit had come out. And I was like, wow. I was like, did I not tighten the bit all the way? And I'm thinking, I'm like, no, I remember tightening. I'm like, maybe I didn't zero it. And I'm like, no, I remember zero. And I was like, I must have screwed up something. So I put it back in. I tighten it up. I zero it out. It comes out again. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So I have like 15 different collets. I'm like, maybe it's not a quarter inch end mill because it's a brand new end mill. But I've had it for years. So I'm measuring it. Nope, it's quarter inch. Jimmy's solution is super glue it into the collet and worry about it later. I'm like, no, I'm not super gluing it. Into the <laughs> that would be the Brooks solution. I'm like, it's like yeah. It. I don't know. So I'm thinking what must have happened is when the bit broke, a piece of it must have went into the collet and yeah. stopped the leaves from closing. Yeah, the I don't know. I don't know. First, I thought it was so long, I stuck it up too far and it couldn't go up. Because when you tighten them a little bit, the bit pulls up a little bit. But um, I don't know. But it came out three <laughs> times. The last time it stayed in. But I have no idea why. It's never happened before. And it'll probably never happen again either. Yeah. And that's the other thing that's <laughs> annoying. Like you'll have something like that happen. Not yeah. only is it like rare that it happened, but it's also not reproducible again. Like you'll ne you may never have that happen again now. And yeah. I, I had another issue with it. Um, the keyboard controls weren't controlling my uh, CNC to move it. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't figure it out. I finally figure out, and this has happened to me twice before, and I just gave up, shut everything down, left, and it worked. I finally figured out what it was. It wasn't the CNC. It was my laptop. There must be something on my laptop that you can shut the arrows off. I couldn't figure it out. I Googled it. I searched the manual. Yeah, oh, man. 
but it was my laptop. It wasn't the CNC the whole time. Oh, we've had things like that before where, we're, where we'll have been like messing with the machine for five days straight. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of realizing, oh, I had caps lock on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that just happened with my laser. The um, USB cord was bad. Yeah. And it like, oh, that's a, that's a common when you plugged one. it in. It made the noise like it recognized it, but it still wasn't good. So. Or you get a really long one. A lot of people don't understand. You know, one I'm I'm very lucky in that my day job I do graphic design and IT, and then I do all this digital fab stuff on the side. So I do have a bit of an advantage. So when something technical goes wrong, I have the technical skill to get it working again. One of the things I've seen people do is they'll run the USB cable for the CNC. Like if you have like a shape Oco, the control box, and then they'll run it to the gantry and then behind the router and then over to the computer. Well, when you're running a USB cable behind a motor that's spinning at 12, 15, 18,000 RPMs, guess what you're going to get? Yeah. Interference and yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that, you know, there are amplify there are active USB cables and there are ones that have big gigantic ferrite magnets attached to the cable to kind of try to absorb some of that. But I've seen people where they're running and the job just stops cold because the machine sends a stop command because the interference over the USB cable looks like a stop command. And how would you know that right like there's it's not in the manual it's not in the there's no help for it you go to the forums and maybe you'll bump into somebody that has that has had that issue before you know it's that kind of thing yeah that was the big issue i had when i had the um what was it my xcov and it, it worked fine and then i added dust collection to it oh that's, and that's it, it. static city keep, yeah it just keeps shutting it down i tried grounding it no matter what I did to it, it just wouldn't work. And it just drove me crazy. I ended up giving it away. I, yeah, I we, couldn't deal with it anymore. We don't like our X-Carve either. I don't want to hate on X-Carve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, it, and it wasn't, I mean, I don't want to say it's not their fault or their fault, but it was just the way it was. And it's a, it's a common problem. Yeah. But even with my big Avid, it um, like when I'm cutting plastic and stuff, man, the other night, I got a zap so bad, you would have thought it was raw power, man. It's <laughs> so bad. And it shut the machine down and everything. Yeah. And uh, it, it can happen with a big machine. But yeah, I noticed it with my Shape Oco. I was, I was engraving on a piece of, on a PVC board. Yeah, and I had never seen okay. the static situation demonstrated so clearly. And you learn very quickly what is a static, what has static cling, because everything that has static cling is yeah. white. And yeah. then everything else is like silver. It's fine. But the, yeah. the parts where the static like kind of comes together, yep, that is just like it's just piling up like like drifting snow. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's amazing. So Derek, word on yes. the street is you are now a Netflix star. <laughs> a little bit. That's little what they bit. that's like what they tell me. As one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it seemed like that over at uh Make a Central. It was really cool. We yeah. actually, I loved the show. Just yeah, even if I didn't you. know you guys, I genuinely loved the show. And also, I thought that you were hysterical. Thank you. But Thank I always you. think that you're hysterical. Yeah. We're like from the same area. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. You know, I get, yeah. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's funny. The show came out great. It, um, you know, when we filmed it, it originally was like kind of started as one thing and morphed into something else. And, um, you know, like halfway through it, they're like, yeah, can you kind of ease up on the swearing? This is kind of be a kid show. I'm like, what? And, um, 
I didn't know you how they I'm were going to do it. Yeah, it, it was just crazy because I'm Derek, we, I'm from Walden. Yeah, we didn't. Um, you know, we would see little snippets and we did voiceovers and they would share some of it with us. But we really didn't know what the show was going to be until the premiere. And I tell you, when I had seen that show, I was like, wow, like, who are these guys? You know, it's like I almost forgot I was on there because it was just it wasn't what we filmed, you know, and it was at the same time I enjoyed it. It was really scary because then I'm like, there's like seven more episodes. I got to worry about what is said on these because <laughs> it was like the same setup, like seriously, because it was the same setup every week. You know, day one was we met with the kids in the morning. It was like, you know, five, six groups of kids. And then the afternoons we'd get like the materials for the build. The next day we'd start the build. We'd go over the key points that like we needed to talk about. excuse me and then we just start building we would um you know while we were building we had mics on and they would say oh let's stop us everyone's like can you describe this part can you do this but nine i don't want to say 90 percent, but most of the show is like the bs like on day two three and four not the stuff like they had kind of scripted for us and it was just funny to see it like edited into a show you know, it just the the biggest moment like I, that comes out at me is the um the bee sting when Jackman gets stung by the bee. Like he really did get stung by the bee. Graz did say, "Hey, Jackman just got stung by a bee," but like the rest of that, like that didn't happen. Like the way it's played <laughs> out, you know. And it's so funny to see how they did that, you know. And uh, like I said, it's a little bit scary too. But luckily, everything you know came out. You know, good, I thought, you know, and because uh, you wonder, like, geez, what did I say? You know? <laughs> well, because you've done YouTube content yeah. and like Instagram content before yeah. where you're very much in control of how yeah. you're perceived. Like if, yeah. you, if any of the listeners have ever edited content of yourself, like I'm yeah. not nearly as articulate as I make myself look on the Internet and things yeah. like that. You can really yeah. easily edit things. Yes. Um, did that click for you when you were going to film the show on the front end or did it not click yeah, until you well, started seeing the episodes that you had no say in the they, edit? They were really good. So the production team, they were, they were unbelievable. They're still good friends to this day, but they were like, we're not going to do any like getcha TV. We're not going to try to embarrass you guys and anything. And I truly believe them, you know? So like that, I wasn't too afraid of, but um, it was just funny because like, you just don't know. And like Jimmy ended up watching a couple of the episodes, but he wasn't going to watch it because he's just like, I'm just nervous on how they're going to edit it. And he really wasn't thrilled with it at first because, you know, it wasn't like his style, but after he's seen how much fun it was and how much fun people were having watching it, I think he really enjoyed the show, you know, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking because it like, you don't know what they're going to do and you don't know, how it's going to be, but these guys were great. And, um, you know, they really tried to like reel us in like the first week and they were like, Oh, we got these storyboards and we got this, but we know like when we're looking at the show notes and they had like C and C written down C A N D C, like they didn't know what they were talking about. (laughs) And, uh, they would laugh about that, you know? And, uh, they were just like, okay, you know, because they, you know, anybody who's ever worked with Jimmy knows, Jimmy just like wings everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he has no plans for anything. So they were like, okay, um, sh- episode three, we need to know what we're going to need and what we're going to be doing day one and two. He's like, 
I'll let you know then. He goes, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and it took him a couple of weeks to figure it out that he was serious, but they kind of like, okay, we trust you. And um, we got burnt a little bit on one or two episodes, but it worked out in the edit. But um, they were really good. They kind of just let us do our own thing, and and they had fun with it, too. They loved it, too. And uh, I really hope there is a, another season. We haven't heard if there was or wasn't. But, um, you know, these guys were great, and I would love to work with them again and do it because it was so much fun to do. It was a lot of work. It, you know, we had a lot of fun doing it, but it was hard. And, and you sound like an ass saying that. You know, you hear actors saying how difficult their work is. But I tell you, it is difficult to do. I, I finished it, and I had back issues. And it was just – they think it was just from standing all day. You, you know? guys were kicking out these insane builds at a pace that, yeah. I mean – I don't know to the average viewer if they can conceptualize how much work it is, yeah. but I would think even just someone that has no experience in the shop would recognize just how much you guys were, were kicking out yeah. of the shop and, and, it, and, and we, at the pace that you were. Yeah. We were doing those like one a week, you know, and um, you know, the pirate ship was like, I think that was one or two extra days, but they were basically all, we started them on Monday and finished them Friday, a couple like on a Saturday but, um, you know, they had a great art department. I tell everybody, we made everything nice. They made it beautiful. You know, they made everything look pretty. You know, they did all the nice colors and everything. They were amazing. They, I mean, it's just, it's so corny, but there was 40 people on the production staff and it was just, I always have to say, other than the birth of my children, I getting married. It was the best experience of my life. It was, yeah. I'm getting like emotional just thinking about oh. it because it was just amazing. It was just so much fun. Every, you talk about creative people, you think like, oh, somebody who sews, somebody who paints. You talk about like camera people, sound people. These are creative people too. And they're like, hardcore they're like you know they're dripping sweat exhausted like hey let's try lighting this like this and get this shot like this they love that stuff and it's just amazing to be a part of it and see it and it, you're like wow these people are like into it like this guy's not a camera person like he's into this you know and and that's what was fun you know it translated that synergy i i felt when i was watching the show i thought I would like it because I was like yeah it's like cool because it's from New England and like oftentimes mm -hmm. you don't see New England on like Netflix and stuff so I was just yeah. excited to be supportive but immediately when I saw the editing and I could immediately sense where I was like oh my gosh like yeah. all of you guys did a phenomenal job but the like production the edit, side they, of things and they, the editing yeah. Yeah. was was phenomenally done I, I said to the director I never like I don't watch award shows but you know when they have like the award. I don't even know what award they give out for like best movies, if it's a Grammy, Emmy or whatever it is, but <laughs> they, um, you know, for like best director, I'm always like, why would they give that guy an award? Yeah. But honestly, any show, the director is and the editor is the winner of the show. It, they're like, everybody else is a puppet and they're like the puppet master. And they, those guys, I tell you, and post, they made the show. They're very modest and they're like, oh no, you guys gave us good materials. We might have, but they killed it because it was just amazing to watch. And it's funny because just like the camera people, they're into it. The, like all the songs, that's all the, the director, Mike O'Dea. 
that's him. That, blew, sang, that, that blew me away. The, the yeah. first time I heard the song that was like I could tell was remixed, I was like, all yeah. right, they win, you win. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because he was like throwing those out while we were doing like the sound overs and uh, the voiceovers. And he's like, oh, I kind of just sang this one just to kind of fill the space, but we're going to get it professionally done. And he kind of watched our reaction. We're like, oh, my God, dude, that's so funny. And he's like, yeah, maybe we'll keep a bit of it and stuff. And then when, like, he's doing all the songs and stuff, we were, like, just hysterical <laughs> laughing. But it was just cool because it's like it, it, we just wanted him to be a part of it with us, you know, and he really is a part of it with us. And that's, like, the best part of it, you know. It just, it just was, like, a, a team effort and, you know – if anybody ever gets an opportunity, you know, Jimmy always says, you know, TV sucks and all this stuff, but it just is such a interesting whole, just the way it all works together. If you've never seen it, it will blow your mind because it just, it, it's not what you think it is. You know, it's just, everything's fake and um, <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, it is. I love, I love one of the things I loved about the show is how much there are, there are three layers of the show that happen, right? Mm -hmm. There's people who know you guys outside of the maker world or even in the maker world, but that know you on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Then there's the people who know you make stuff. And then there's people who have literally no idea who the hell you are. Yeah. And whichever one of the three categories you fall into, the show is still entertaining. Yeah. Like yeah. it's cool because, Hey, I know those people. It's cool because, oh, they're making epic things because we can appreciate the scale. Like Brooke was saying, we can appreciate the ridiculous scale of the builds that you guys are. You're doing once a month builds once a week. Yeah. And then, you know, the people that don't know any better just go, this is some really cool content. It's funny. This is cool. I'm enjoying this. Like it was the perfect confluence of you pull in three different audiences in yeah. one show. It's, it's, it was a, it, that's why it was good. That's why it was really yeah. good. Yeah. My, my neighbors, they're like probably like mid sixties and they go, you know, Derek, they're like, we watched an episode to support you. We watched the other seven cause we loved it. You know, they <laughs> said it was just such a great show, you know, and it was nice, you know, do you want to know a cool story, Derek? Yes. Cause okay. So Michael has a very large family mm -hmm. and by and large, like they are super supportive, but like, they don't really know what we do or like care in, in beyond being supportive of us <laughs> or but, like um, care. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to sound wrong. They do care, but you know, it, whatever. Um, they, they care because we care. Um, but Michael's brother, we were just chatting about Netflix shows at one point, And he said something about like this weird show that he saw on Netflix and it became abundantly clear that he had just stumbled a, a, upon it all on his own. And we yeah. were so excited because he was talking about you guys. And we were like, wait, pause, hold everything. It's like, yeah. we know them. And that's yeah. in New York. And it was very exciting. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it was more exciting for me. But uh. no, no, that, that's great. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because um, like probably a week after the show was released, you know, and it was so weird because. You know, a lot of people knew about the show, but a lot of people didn't. I thought everybody knew about it. And, you know, we split bits and pieces out and stuff like that. And I just felt everybody I knew knew about it. And um, so the show gets released and we're like, now what? Like, what's going to happen? Like, is my life changed? Am I I'm the same person? Like, <laughs> Monday, I got to get up and go to work, you know? And um, about 
like so it got released on a friday like that wednesday i was in boston and a guy working an hvac guy comes up to me he goes hey are you on netflix <laughs> i go what he goes i just watched the show and he goes you were making stuff on netflix i go yeah he goes, oh my God, that's unbelievable. I can't believe I'm meeting you, right? So we we're just talking, nice guy and everything like that. And my wife's like, oh my God, this is crazy. So then two of my youngest kids go to UMass Amherst and they came up for the premiere and up to, we went up to New York and they go back to school. And my daughter, they're like, so what you guys do over the weekend? Anybody do anything? And she's like, oh, we just went to the pre premiere of my father's TV show. The professor's like, oh, my God. So they watched an episode in class, you know. Oh, really? You know, I told, oh, my kids were like, you know, kings there, you know. But um, <laughs> my wife was always like, I just want to be out with you and somebody recognizes you. That's all I want. She goes, I just think you'd be so much fun. So I was like, someday, you never know. So we're out furniture shopping. And we're walking and this guy stops me with his kids and she walks up about 20 more feet, stops and turn around. He says, hey, are you on that that show making fun? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, my God, I love that show. He goes, me and my kids, we just watched it. My kids watch it all the time. I'm like, oh, he goes, can I get a picture with you? I was like, yeah. So we took a picture. I walk up to her. She goes, who is that? I says, some guy that recognized me on the show. She's like, you're kidding me. I thought it was just somebody you knew, you know, randomly. I'm like, no. <laughs> and she was so bummed out. She was right there and she missed it. But, uh, but you know, it's it's been fun. It's, uh, you know, it was, it was really nice, like, um, over in the UK, like, so many kids showed up and a lot of them had, you know, um, like, little pictures they drew. And, you know, I'm always getting emails and videos from kids. And I, I love it. It just... It's so touching, you know, and uh, one of the coolest things in the UK is um, I was just telling us on my podcast is uh, these uh, two blonde headed kids were in line waiting to you know meet us and their mother and uh, the kids are all excited and they finally get to the front of the line and their father's with them. He joins them in line and it was Colin Furs and oh, I'm wow. like unbelievable like Colin Furs. He wasn't part of the show. Yeah. He came um, over at Make a Central. He went there just to watch, see the show with his family. And he brought his kids. His kids wanted to meet us. And I'm like, how cool is that? Like, their father's such a big deal. Yeah. And they wanted to meet us. So, Isn't it great? Yeah. yeah he took <laughs> a picture. Do you know who your us. father is, Dan? Yeah. He posted a picture um, with me and him. And uh, he started following me on Instagram and everything. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. This is so cool, you know? It's so cool. it was a big deal. So. Do, do you feel like so now I got to ask because, you know, yeah. the, the question, the question obviously comes about. Yeah. Does it how does it feel to kind of after going through this experience to kind of return to YouTube and Instagram and doing everything yourself and kind of go back to your day job and all this stuff like what's it what's that transition like? Because it's one thing to go to the you know the the yeah. tower but now you've left the tower for a little while so yeah. how how's it been like what's it like to do that and i'll apologize if i cry because <laughs> it honestly it's very emotional because it's so it's such a strange feeling like when we finished filming the show it was just a you know we were gone for three months and um you know it was tough being away from my family i'd see him a couple times you know here or there but, you know, we were gone for three months, living away from home. And, um, you know, it was like, okay, now we wait. 
you know, and we didn't know when it was getting released. We filmed, finished filming. We filmed from April 19th to July 3rd. And they said it'd be out by December. So December comes and goes, you know, January comes and goes, February comes the end of February. They're like, it's coming out in two weeks. We're like, Oh shit. You know? (laughs) And, um, you know, we're like, okay, here we go. And like I said, it's, it comes out and it's like, now what, you know? So then it's like instantly, you know, boom, boom, boom. Instagram starts going, you know, 100 followers, 1,000 followers, 2,000 followers. And it was unbelievable because it was funny. Like two weeks prior to that, I um, had a little video, a reel go viral. And Bob Claggett had mentioned me in one of his videos. And I had gotten like 4,000 followers in like three days on Instagram. And that was that's crazy for me. And I was like, oh, my God. And then it was like a week later, this was happening. And I was like, oh, my God, people like follow me. People follow me on Facebook. People from high school messaging me and stuff. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And then like I go to work and I work with a bunch of guys, like probably like about 150 guys. And um, some of them had seen it and um, everybody was really supportive. But then kind of like nothing. And it's like, like, like kind of like what you're saying. Like, I, I'm like, where do you stand? Like, because I. I equate it to like, um, you know, in the lottery is like $500 million and you play it and you're like, I know we're not going to win, but (laughs) if we do, what do you want to buy first? You know, you play that stupid game, like, you know, let's buy a house on the lake. No, I want one on the ocean. And, you know, you just do that. And that's kind of what it's like. It's like, it's almost like playing a lottery ticket, you know, like, is this going to change my life? You know, is it not going to change my life? Is it going to change my life for the better, for the worse? You know, cause when we finished filming, they had a rap party and the director came out and he said, people that love and care about you are going to turn on you. He's like, your life will change from this and it might not be better, you know? And we're like, Oh no. And, and um, you know, it's the maker community. We're all friends. Everybody loves each other. I don't want to get into it, but there was a little bit of a, a firestorm on Twitter and stuff like that. That kind of all has been resolved and it's kind of in, in the back burner now. But um, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, 99.9% of everything that's happened has been positive. But like you do wonder, like it, and it's funny because my job. I interact. Um, I don't really say what I do for work. Like on my podcast, people can figure it out from bits and pieces, but I like, I tell people I work at a pizza parlor, but I interact with the public a lot. And, um, you know, just in conversation, your guys, I work with say, you know, this guy's on Netflix, right? And people be like, what? Like you're on Netflix and you do this for work. Like, yeah, this is like my hobby. And they're like, oh, my God, so crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, they're usually with me for like five or six hours. And at the end of the day, they'll come up to me like, I watched like two of your episodes and follow you on Instagram. I can't believe you work here, you know. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I work here either, you know. And it's just such a strange feeling because part of me feels like I want to run and jump and joy for joy. And the other part means I want, like, I want to run and cry, you know, like, I don't know where I stand to be honest with you, you know, and it's kind of a weird feeling, you know, I'm at a point in my life where, um, you know, I'm not at retirement age, but I'm really close to it. And I'm at a point where I could retire from my job. Um, you know, but it's, you know, 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, you know, I always say, I'll let you know next year what I'm doing this year. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. You know, it's very strange, to be honest with you, though. I don't know, like, where we stand. It's, like, almost famous, you know, mm-hmm. but... Uh, it, well, it, you were, I mean, I met you last 4th of July at mm-hmm. Jimmy's. Yeah. And you were holding court. Like, everybody was very yeah. excited to see you there. It was like, yeah. you were you were rocks. I mean, look you're a rock star among our community. So people know you and, but it was just, it was fun to get to meet you and see you like in your element. Everybody's coming up, shaking your hand. They all want to talk to Derek. Derek's here. Hey, look, Hey, this is that that Derek from Malden. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say hi. I I actually was like nervous to talk to you. It's like, Oh my God, like he's right there. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. And people don't know why. So it's like the way it's worked is so, you know, being friends with Jimmy Duresta has its benefits, you know? And, um, you know, it was funny because when I hung out with Jimmy all the time, nobody knew who I was. They knew I was Derek and they knew I was with Jimmy, but they didn't know, you know, am I Jimmy's bodyguard? Am I Jimmy's friend? Jimmy's <laughs> brother? Am just I say, his date? Like, just, wh- just, wh- just say you're his bodyguard and date. Just, yeah. Just, like, just no, no, yeah. Deliver, nobody... it, deliver it with confidence. Just look him right in yeah, the eye. So Let him wonder. It, yeah, so because Jimmy was a big deal, everybody's like, well, he's got to be a big deal too, you know? So <laughs> by default, I wasn't going to stop anybody, you know? But I was nobody, you know? And it's funny because, you know, everybody would laugh at me saying, you know, you're the, you're the guy that has the most sponsors with the least amount to follow is because even with companies, it would be like they would want to work with me. They don't know why, but they would. <laughs> they don't want to miss the boat, you know? And it was always just great, you know, and it's worked out to my benefit. And, um, and you know, Jimmy taught me a long time ago, just like sell who you are first and uh, and just keep pushing that and everybody will believe in it. And they do. And I, you know, I love it. I, you know, I have a lot of people that support me on Patreon and I'm, I am good to them because I feel like a connection. I feel like they are my friends, you know, because I enjoy, you know, the, success and air quotes that I have from, you know, Instagram and YouTube and the show and everything. I love it. And I love, you know, interacting with people and meeting people. And I think it shows, you know, I, I come from somewhere where, you know, if you if you want to hear the story, you can go listen to Jeff Fader's podcast, the full blast, full blast podcast to hear the backstory, but where I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't have a lot of people that wanted to hang out with me because I wasn't the person you wanted to associate with. And that's all changed. And I like this life better than that yeah. life, you know? I, and, um, it's, yeah. fu- it's funny to hear you say that, Derek, because I find you to be one of the most likable people that mm, I've, that I've like you. ever met. But I think, it's, I think it's interesting that you say that because I think oftentimes, I mean, well, maybe let me ask you this. Do you think that you know developing that kind of personality comes from the fact that you felt alienated well at certain times in your life yeah i mean years ago i had good reason to be alienated i mean i should have been alienated probably even a little bit more than i was by (laughs) people like my wife but um but you know nowadays it's funny because a lot of people like you know, oh my God, you're you're such a nice guy. I was so afraid to meet you. I was so afraid to shake your hand. You know, I was scared of you. I was like, why? You know, even my kids are like that. You know, and it's <laughs> funny. I haven't announced it on my Instagram yet, which I I need to. But I've just lost a ton of weight, 
and people are starting to notice and they're like, oh my God, you know, you're sick. I'm not sick. I've been trying to lose weight, but I've lost like almost 40 pounds. And, um, you know, my son the other day is like, you know, you're not as big and bad as you thought you, as you used to be dad, you know? And it's like, yeah, shut up, you idiot. But, um, it just, um, you know, but that's, I think people used to think that they used to be like, I was like this big, bad guy. I used to you know, drive a motorcycle and, you know, but I'm just a regular guy, you know, yeah. it's just with, with the beard and tattoos and, you know, from Boston, you know, so, or from Malden, but from Malden, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's kind of crazy that you're probably the most well known person from Malden that I can think of. I mean, yeah. is there anyone? Yeah, is there any who else? Who else in Malden? Um, there's a big guy that people know is uh, Gary Sharon from Van Halen. No way. Yeah, he's from Malden. Yeah, he and formerly very, of Extreme. That's where yeah, I know him from. Yeah, I never, yeah. I will never say he's from Van Halen. By yeah, the way, yeah, never. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You're right. You're right. You got me there. But uh, it's funny. He. Um, when my daughter, one of my daughters graduated from Malden High, they had like a talent show and this kid could play like guitar, drums and all this stuff. And um, one night he did a, an extreme song where he played the whole song. He played one instrument at a time and they at a time and they just kept what they call that looping. Multi-tracking. It, like. yeah, they yeah, multi-tracking. yeah. 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 And, and he just played the whole song the second night he sang that song more than words like a uh, capella or whatever. Wow. And uh, Gary Sharon came up on stage and sang it with them. And he didn't know it uh, was the most amazing. Wow. Thing. Was un- the kid just broke down and cried. Gary felt so bad. He ended up singing it with them. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so cool. It was just, uh, yeah, his, um, his cousin, she still lives up the street, but his family was right around the corner from me. But uh, well, who else? Uh, um, so, right, the, so the you're whole, number two now. <laughs> yeah. And then the way the name came out is there was a guy from Howard Stern, Tommy from Malden, I think it was. Okay. And that's why Jimmy would always call me Derek from Malden. That's what people always wonder. What's the Derek from Malden come from, you know? And that's how, because Jimmy is a big Howard Stern fan. And it was, I think it's Tommy from Malden it was. And so he would say Derek from Malden. And it just stuck. So I'm Derek from Malden. I was looking up just as you were talking, I was looking up to see if Nuno Betancourt was from, he's from Portugal. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not number four. You're still, number, you're number two. You're good. Yeah. Number two. Number two. <laughs> cool. Let's, um, we're at an hour. So do you yeah. want to get into some things of the week? Because I have a very, I have a first for thing of the week. So I'm, I'm, I always end up going last anyway, but I'm very excited. This is a first in thing of the week history. But, okay. Um, Should we have Derek go first? Yeah. Oh, no. Derek okay. has to go first. Why don't you go first? The guest always goes always... first, but you, you made it sound so exciting, Vincent. Oh, it's. I it's... know. Why don't you go first? Because you okay. always go last. So you go first. Here's Here it is. And I'm just going to, a couple of, um, I believe it was, February was the first episode or the second episode that we did in February. Um, when I had just gotten back from Cleveland, hanging out with Emily Joyce, um, we did, um, we talked about two books that she recommended me and I ordered them basically immediately. It was a book on enameling. Um, and it's absolutely spectacular. And I haven't gotten my enameling set up going yet, but I did get my copper etching set up. And the other book that she recommended me was one of my things of the week that week because the book is so insane. The book is called The Complete Metal Smith Professional Edition. It's by Tim McCreet. Um, when I was actually in her studio, we referred to that book three or four times while I was there with her. The book is incredible. It's just, it's just 
information dense and they have mm. a professional version that's like expanded spiral bound so it lays flat on your work table everything it's an absolutely fantastic book and over the course of this weekend i probably referred to it three or four times yeah we so, have we, we have a I, I believe a signed copy of it it's Mike, a fin- michael used to be a metal like he used to do metal jewelry Oh, so that's like the that's like the Bible. It is the Bible. It is yeah. totally the Bible. It's a wonderful book. If you're interested in doing anything with metal, mostly smalls, I think really this book is focused on metal jewelry more than metal in general. But there's a lot of information I, in this book. I don't even want to like I'm possibly making this up, but I'm pretty sure he possibly visited us once or like vi- was in our shop once. It's like so because I'm pretty sure like assigned version of the book i'm not like a jewelry artist so for me it's i was just, just gonna totally say you are boring. obviously very impressed <laughs> I, I i wish he michael may or may not have been in our shop <laughs> i don't know i we um michael michael used to do it and we used to have we used to work with co-workers that were very jazzed about it and i was just in the corner waving and smiling but yeah anyway this book i forget <laughs> that that he did that like like jewelry stuff yeah glass did. and metalworking that's like one of my secret like YouTube like things I love. I love watching jewelry being made and watches being repaired. Yeah. I don't know why. It's my- like I'll probably never do either one of those. Yeah. Maybe jewelry one day, but jewelry you'll do. Michael yeah. Michael Michael did that for almost fifteen years because his he went to art school and his degree uh was in public art. Uh yeah. But then it was very difficult. It's hard to make big things in a really little apartment. So he yeah. was like, I guess I'll just do jewelry. And that's what he yes. did for a long time. Anyway. So yeah, this book, this book and, and all the stuff I learned from Emily Joyce has now connected me to one of my favorite YouTubers who I am not going to reveal who it is yet because I think she's going to be on the podcast when we're done. But we are. I am actually collabing with one of my absolute favorite YouTubers right now and I am just overwhelmed, but with excitement about it. I showed Brooke the messages Vincent, today. Vincent will actually melt. I think I am going to melt. I think I will legitimately <laughs> melt when we have her on. I got to say, you are the worst at hiding your emotions of like any human I've ever met. Vincent. I'm, I'm terrible at it. That's, that's, that's not a dig either. No, it's, it's great. It's when people, <laughs> people can tell I'm not full of crap. When no. I'm enthusiastic about something, I just get beyond giddy. So I'm beyond giddy. And this book is going to help me with that collab. And that's what's really important. But yeah, you should definitely get the book. I'll have the link in the show notes again. It's totally worth it. If, you're, if metal jewelry is your thing and you don't have this book add it to your reference you'll end up going back to it more than once while you're making your stuff all right who wants to go next i think i think derek should go next because my thing of the week this week is really stupid fair enough (laughs) nothing like ending with a down note go ahead derek (laughs) my thing of the week is jimmy's wazer oh boy and i tell you i wanted to kill him last night like so he brings it right before we went to the UK. He actually forgot to load it in his truck, went home and got it. So, cause he knew I'd be disappointed if he showed up without it. And, um, he packed it and we took it off his truck and I thought we were both going to throw our backs out. It was so heavy. It was like, just, it was crazy how heavy this thing is. And I'm like, my God, I can't believe how heavy these things are. But I'm thinking like it's heavy duty. It's got to cut stuff with the water jet. So I bring it in my yard. It sits under my porch for two weeks. I finally have a buddy of mine struggle, get it into my basement. 
I hired a moving company to come Wednesday, 350 bucks, but I canceled it because my buddy showed up. We get it up on the table. I open it up. I take the bed off. It's filled to the top with sand. Oh, wet no. sand. Oh, no. I emptied probably 300 pounds of sand out of this thing. The thing weighs about 80 pounds, right? I could pick oh. it up and carry it in my shop by myself. I'm like, I can't believe he like didn't recommend like empty the sand out of this thing. He probably doesn't realize it was filled with sand. I, I don't know, but I wanted to kill him. But um, I get it all hooked up, cleaned up, fixed up. A few pots were broken. I fixed it. I hooked it up tonight when I got home and I ran it and like water squirted out of someplace it wasn't supposed to squirt. So I don't know if it's sitting in his basement and it froze and it broke or if something's clogged or what. So I got, I had to do the podcast. I said, you know what, Derek, just walk away, shut the lights off and walk away, (laughs) come back another day. And that's what I'm going to do. So I kind of have a Wazer, but I'm not sure if it's going to work. Oh, I'm (laughs) so jealous. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Is does the Wazer require an abrasive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it garnet abrasive? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. we had looked into getting one for the makerspace at one point and then ultimately decided against it because as we looked into it a bit more, it was abundantly clear that it was going to be a pain in the neck. Yeah. So I will be looking forward to hearing how this goes for you, Derek. Yeah, it's funny because it says right in the instructions, like, you know, the location it's going in, it's going to be wet, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it's my basement. It's in the corner. It'll be fine. And like water shot out of this thing and probably just like a half a cup of water. It wasn't a ton, but still I'm like, oh God, I can't believe this water here. And I'm saying to myself, this is going to be like a regular thing with this thing. It's going to just like be spitting water and, you know, just it's going to be a pain in my neck. But we'll see. I wanted to cut glass because I want to do a stained glass window. I've always wanted to do stained glass. Me too. And Ooh. that's what I want to do. I want to do a stained glass. Window I love the idea well. of doing a stain. I love the idea of doing stained glass with like a CNC designed cut. Yeah. That's yeah, really cool. So, so we'll see. We'll see. That is something. So mm-hmm. I've just been watching, I've just been watching, um, catching up on Schmood videos because I love Schmood and he always does amazing things. And he has one of, he's another one of those. I'm just going to make something, do something cool because it's cool to do. And I just watched two videos of him doing stained glass. And I'm like, he makes this look very approachable. And between him and Nicole from when geeks craft, the two of them just kill stained glass. Like they're so good at it. So yeah. it makes me really, really want to try it now. You should, you should try it if you ever need a hand with it too, Vincent. In addition to calling and FaceTiming about threading the sewing machine, <laughs> glass and metal. That's I, I, I did glass for a long time too. So I've Ooh. got you. Well, I always wondered really? how it. I always wondered how everything got cut. Yeah, the and cutting. I want, yeah, so it's really I I never understood how the cutter did what it did, but it's not just the cutter; it's the chasing pliers. Oh uh, yeah, no, the, the running cut, pliers, the, or whatever the, they're the called. The cutter, um, just oh scores. god, I'm gonna sound like such a dork. Do you, do you guys want me to explain this on the air? Yeah, let's let's yeah. do it. Yeah. Do so, it. Um, so glass is technically a super cooled liquid. So it's it's kind of like the particles are kind of like I'm I'm doing hand gestures to the listeners. Um, so. Basically, with the, when you're scoring glass, you're just putting a weakest spot in, and then all you need to do is just 
apply pressure with the breaking plier and it's like dominoes. So yeah. like the glass cutter isn't actually what's cutting the glass at all. It is the breaking plier that's doing the cutting. It's just defining the line where yeah. it's going to cut. And the more defined your line is, the better your cut is. And it just takes practice. I might go to Hobby Lobby this weekend and just get the cutter, the pliers, and a piece of glass and just see how yeah, it no, feels. Dude, don't even go to Hobby Lobby. Just go to Ace. Like, or sorry, Ace is our local hardware store, but just go to the hardware store. They have glass cutters there and you can just mess with them and you don't even, well, maybe this is bad advice. You don't even really need breaking pliers. Um, if you practice just, you know, straight line on the end of a tabletop, just put pressure on one side of the glass, the, the where you scored it right on the edge of the table and just apply firm pressure with your palm and it'll snap for you. Okay. And if you hurt yourself, I'm so sorry. And it wasn't my fault, Um, (laughs) but that's, that's the way to do it. And, Oh, or you just flip it over and smack it with the back of the plier. So you don't even need the breaking plier. Like just, just get a cutter from like hardware store, score it, flip it. So the score is face down on a hard tabletop and then just smack the back of the seam. All right. And well, there you go. you're cruising. I guess I'm going to have to report back again next week on this other skill <laughs> that I've you're added. Gonna, you're going to like show up with like bloody hands <laughs> next week. Just wait. Missing, <laughs> missing two fingers going, welcome to Because We Make. And no, I'm not giving the party animal sign. I am now missing two fingers. But hey, I made a really cool picture of Christ for yeah, my wall. <laughs> it's beautiful. And it wasn't Brooke's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Brooke's fault. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no lawsuits occurring with my my co-host. It's yeah, fine. I'm just. I want to make abundantly clear to the listeners that's not how one should do it. But <laughs> just between you and me, it will probably work out okay. I've seen a lot of people do it that way. I've seen yeah. people do everything from from that to putting like a pencil underneath just at the where yeah. the score is, and just give it a little tap, and it just falls apart. So. Once you once you get a feel for how how the material works, like yeah, it's you really don't need to overcomplicate it. You're just putting in a weakest spot, and then. And that's what I think okay. I need. That's what I want to do. I want to just get the basics down, like learn the the movement of the material and how to cut it. And... You can get creative with it, really, sincerely. Like, there's not one way to do it. If you want to feel like a ninja, you'll find a way to feel like a ninja with the glass. And, and Amen. it's great. Sometimes you just need a hood. Yeah, yeah. I, I, have, my, I have my hood on right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you guys want my groundbreaking thing of the week? Yeah, I had yeah. a cool I had a cool piece of reference. Derek had a cool piece of technology. What's your lame ass pick of the week? <laughs> okay. It's called Oh boy. Shoot. Okay. Woo! It's called Sherry's Berries. It's a mail <gasps> It's mail order. What is that lame? They're awesome. Oh, okay. It's mail order same day delivery chocolate dipped berries. Uh-huh. Berries.com. You can get them at berries.com. <laughs> They're not a sponsor of the podcast, but I got a bunch of hot pink ones for Mother's Day this weekend. And I, I'm just, and now that I know that I can mail order chocolate dipped strawberries, <laughs> same day delivery, <laughs> it's a new I world. Just, so, like, are they? I've never <laughs> had them, but I've heard wonderful things from literally every human on the planet that's tried them. Are they as basketball sized as I've heard they are? Like, are uh, they gigantic? They were strawberry sized. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like, I, like I, are they really big? Like, because strawberries, there's a wide range of well, strawberry sizes. They didn't, it wasn't the first thing I noticed about them, no. Okay. <laughs> but i i wasn't thinking about it so now when i'm thinking about it i can <laughs> we can circle back and i'll let you know <laughs> i'll have to check in in a couple of weeks <laughs> when you order them I'll again order, i'll yeah i'll get hungry like i'll wake up at three in the morning and i'll i'll just be like do you know what i need right now 
Sherry's berries. Sherry's berries. And then I'll we really notice should get we really should get an affiliate link for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. That was That's my, not a lame pick. That was my super deep thing of the week. You know what else is not lame? What's that? The people that support the show financially, and those people include Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLO Woodworks and DIY, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano of Maker Cuisine, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, who congratulations to the Clamp podcast for celebrating their 100th episode last Woo-hoo. week. That is absolutely fantastic. Tony Langer from Langerworks, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from Make with Jake, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler of Bear Maked, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks, Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey and the Clamp Podcast, Kim and Garrett, whose shirt I'm wearing as usual, Andrew Richard from Andrew Richard Makes, Kellen Hazlip of Kellen Makes, David from Southern Style DIY, Jeff the Weekend DIYer, Sean Walworth of the Proper Tools Podcast, Chris Raley from Route 9 Signs, Henry Davis of HT1 Metalworks, and of course, Austin Saunders, the high caliber craftsman. We thank these people for supporting the show financially. But if you can't support the show financially, leaving a review, sharing the show, or turning someone onto it who may not know about it is just as good in our book. And we appreciate anything you do to spread the show and spread knowledge of it so that we can get quality guests like our good friend, Derek, because Derek wouldn't go on just any podcast. Derek only goes on the best of the best podcasts. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always. And guess what, Derek, you didn't fall asleep even one time. No, no, I didn't. I know. Yeah. It was exciting. It's, (laughs) It's been an absolute hoot to actually get to talk to you and, pick your brain a little bit and it's it's been really fun i i enjoyed i enjoyed like your your stories when i met you at jimmy's and it was just mm-hmm. like i was like oh yeah one day we got to get we got to get Derek on we got to get Derek yeah. on we got to get Derek on and then brooke's like hey i know Derek too i'm like awesome let's get Derek on because we both know him it'd be <laughs> awesome to talk to him so there we go yeah, thank you thank it's you been, for asking it's me. been a pleasure man and uh Hopefully you get a season two, but if not, we're still going to watch. Yeah, we're we're super rooting for a season two. And even, yes. if, even if you don't get a season two and the show doesn't get a season two that it deserves, it's still a phenomenal yes. thing that you are a yeah. part of. And it doesn't yeah. take away a sliver of that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Can't Thank take away season you. one by not having season two. Also, I just want to apologize in front of everybody. I've followed you on Instagram for a long time. But apparently I wasn't following you on YouTube because I went to YouTube today and I'm like, why is the button red? What the I, hell is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't follow like anybody on YouTube. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah Ever. It happens. I'm I mean, all my I'm relationships dumb. are on Instagram. YouTube anyway. is just yeah. like what I watch on the TV. It's very yeah. funny that way. Anyway. We're not but perfect people. It's okay. <laughs> we are not. But we try. We have to aspire for something. And you know what we aspire to? We aspire to be back next week. So... Let's aspire to that, Brooke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see if it happens. I, I, was, I won't be here. Yeah, Derek. Derek will not be yeah. here. I was. I was planning on it, but now, now I'm worried. Well, now we're going to aspire to it. See, that's yeah. what we're going to aspire to. We're going to aim for a show next week. <laughs> Do we get one? You'll have to tune in and find out. <laughs> as non-committal as possible. As non-committal as possible, just the way we like it. Until then, have a great week, everybody, and we will talk to you then. Maybe. Beep, beep.